Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Roleplay Retcon does not own any part of the movies we retcon, nor are we associated with the artists who make them. Also, we might not be super kid-friendly, but we're not going to curdle your milk or anything. This series features music by Foot Pound Force. Check them out on YouTube and Bandcamp. I myself lucky to have seen the trailer, but I did not watch the analysis of the trailer. Did not attend the after party of the trailer, but on YouTube 20 more times I saw the trailer. No spoilers for me, bro. Doing it old school. No spoilers for me, bro. I'm doing it old school. No spoilers for me, bro. Hey everyone, hey. Our bow ties are undone in sort of a sort Wait, of a casual a, a black sort of tie, casual man. way. Oh, man. Yeah, I wasn't told about a black tie. Well how how come you're all wearing fancy tuxedos? I see. Well them my tie right is now. My tie is blue. Mine's a tuxedo shirt. I mean, you're, you're, this was your night. You could wear whatever you wanted. I just have a low-def camera. We danced. We schmoozed. There was a little bit of champagne I, involved. Yeah. Sir, I can't schmooze. I'm, I'm married. We, uh, <laughs> now we've all got the last of the dwindling wine and champagne in our hands, <clears throat> and we're lounging in our... All the, all the other guests are gone. and We've just donned us. our smoking jackets. Yes, just us around in the in the in the confetti field filled field confetti filled main hall, and that's because they popped all the balloons that had the confetti in them. We're basking in the afterglow of our highly successful premiere. Do y'all think that Ben's just going to cut all of our audio and just have his his whole spiel? Oh, I might like Probably. by himself. If I if I was him, I would strongly consider it. Hmm, how you guys doing? <laughs> Great. Good. Uh, I'm a little gassy. You're a little gassy. No. You know, that is be, my eternal state of being. It's to be expected. It's from all the champagne. Yes. <laughs> from all the champagne. The champagne that we all had. Let's go with that. Welcome to the rest of you to rehash sort of an after party episode where we talk about the original Pixels movie and we compare it to our efforts and see if we did better. See how it stacks up. We'll also take some audience submissions for how they would uh, remake the movie and uh, do a little casting. But first, what do you guys think of Pixels 2015 with Adam Sandler and Kevin James directed by Chris Columbus? I mean... Chris Columbus has like the popcorn movie down pretty pat. Um, it, I was entertained. I was not intellectually stimulated by the film. Um, I can't say that happy Madison movies are, uh, that's their, their bread and butter really. Um, but I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie for what it was, even though it was not a good film. 
Yeah, I thought it was fun. Like, I also enjoyed it, I guess, for what it was, um, even though it wasn't good. I'm just going to say the exact same thing as Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, the the eye-rolly moments were really what detracted from it. It took me out of the enjoyment of the movie. Whereas, like, obviously this this lady, whatever her, Lady Lisa, was this, like, fanfic insertion thing just for the sake of the movie. And they could have done that same thing with an actual character had they been able to get the IP for it. Alex, you've been strangely quiet. <laughs> oh boy. Um this movie mostly just bored me to tears. And it just at the best of times. Um and what did I did it do at the worst of times. At the worst of times it made me cringe pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially with aforementioned Lady Lisa. Uh, that whole that whole thing. I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't it didn't get, it didn't grab me. It didn't receive Alex's uh, seal of approval, which is as we all know pretty easy to attain. Mm. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. I just think you have like very. I think you have specific tastes that are your that are your own. Maybe, maybe it's like you, you have bars that are of varying heights that I'm this metaphor sucks. <laughs> no, I've got bars. I've got plenty of bars, Kyle. I think got, that's that's correct. He's got bars that go fars. So for me, for me, obviously I, I don't love this movie or I wouldn't have chosen to do it, uh, to be the director of it. Um, well, I don't think, I don't think that's obvious because you say you love the Super Mario Brothers movie and you directed that one. Oh, you know what? That's fair. You can love something and still absolutely disagree. Yeah, actually, that's a good, like, comparison, because, like, to me, like, yeah, Super Mario Bros. movie was something I enjoy, but I was like, I have some ideas, though. Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. one, I was like, this is a complete failure, <laughs> and they have <laughs> missed every opportunity. But, like, yeah, yeah, for me, Mario Bros. was like, they got something here. It's not quite there, but they got something here. And, like... That wasn't this. Well, you know what? I take it back because it was a little bit because I said I started out that I liked this because they attempted to make a story that was actually about video games as their theme. And, like, they did do that. They just didn't do it well. Um, I just I had to I had to refresh myself a little bit today because I remembered almost nothing. We have been doing this this for so long, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Even though this actually is one of our shorter series, um, yeah, it's only seven episodes. But it's because like we did a whole bunch before like Arrested Development ended, and then Jinsi moved to another country, <laughs> and then the holidays happened, and then the holidays happened, and so like we lost this like huge amount of like backlog, and then we started recording again. So we've been making this since like July, even though it's only been airing since October. God, has it been that long? I know. We're old friends now, Kyle. <laughs> it's oh man. I, I feel like if I didn't get invited to the after party, I would be put out. This is honestly the saddest part of making this podcast. This this episode yeah. where it's like like we're done making this with this person we love now. <laughs> so it's it's an aloha. Yeah, it if sure it's is. Hello and goodbye. Uh, I think we all, I really did like this, like, the character seeing patterns in the games, and that's, like, part of his arc, and it's kind of his, like, superpower. 
like i mean that resonated with us because we kind of incorporated that into frank i feel like right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that part was good um and i also liked this like multi-generational friendship thing between sandler and the kid um even though i i think it wasn't executed like all that great um but there was like i think like twinges of potential there um it's like had the had it not been a romantic pursuit between yeah. him and the kid's mother, I think it would have been a much stronger like there'd have been a much stronger thing there I, as far as characters. I actually think those two had chemistry though. Um It's true. I hate the trope about people who hate each other becoming a couple. I hate that trope. Mm. Uh it it can kind of work uh if they're like adversaries instead of like people who just don't like each other. Um, like one good example is, uh, Zoe on how I met your mother. Uh, cause they're, they're, they were, they didn't hate each other. Their goals were just cross purposes. They were like rivals and like rivals works good as a, as a romantic pairing, like real good. But people who are just yucked by each other, that's not, I don't, I'm not interested in that. Um, like, and I there, think it, there has in to like, be a dairy in the soon dairy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah sure and i think like to your point it got in the way of the like multi-generational friendship thing um so i'm kind of glad we took that out um the biggest i think the big disappointing thing about this movie is that its central message to me seems to be don't let go of anything about yourself or the past never move forward because you might need your baggage someday <laughs> it's okay to be a man child yeah It'll work out for you. Aliens might invade. Your best friend's the president, so you can get away with anything. Did you guys think the movie was funny? (laughs) No. No, right? Uh, I mean, mean, there were were moments that I was like, okay, you know, I I smiled begrudgingly, but laugh out loud funny? No. Um, I was born in the 80s. A couple of us here were born in the 80s. Prove it. Jincy was close, I think. Um, yep, just a couple years off. I have a few nice memories. I barely remember it. Um, but for the most part, I think the 80s worship is really weird. Not just in this movie, in general. Bro, I hate the 80s. The <laughs> I, 80s I think there was cool stuff. And like, <laughs> but but like just for the sake of fairness, I feel the same way about the 90s. Like, it's weird to worship a decade like that. I think oh, it's, man, I love it's the because 90s. like we are... You know, through the lens of nostalgia, look at the people, I think, remember fondly the eras in which they did not have adult responsibilities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I can remember in 19, like, 1989, getting an Atari system at three years old. And, like, I remember playing that. And... I don't remember much about it, but I do remember playing it and the fact that it broke almost immediately. Um, and then like got an NES like four years later, but two years before the SNES came out, I think SNES was 94. That sounds right to me. So yeah, that that's my take on, on the period nostalgia that seems to be all the rage of like, yeah, we want all of the stuff that, is was like the we want all of the consumer goods that are found in the 80s but without any of the you know sociopolitical um trappings 
yeah, this movie even like has Reagan in it, and then and then they're like, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about him though. <laughs> like, <laughs> there may maybe to distance the character, like the character uh, Kevin James's character. Um, I guess, but they sure like Kevin James was definitely supposed to be Bush. <laughs> like they even had the joke about him like uh, flubbing the book at the like. The elementary school, like reading oh, yeah. the book, yeah. So that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. I did. Um, I did not connect that until just this moment. So, yeah. thank I've, you. I've I've sort of walked every inch of this movie, unfortunately. Uh, my last big ugh about this was um, it fails the Bechdel test spectacularly and for no reason. For um, those that aren't aware, of what the Bechdel test is? Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Um, I cannot remember who the cartoonist is actually called, named other than Bechtel, but it was, uh, invented by a, um, cartoonist who, who said, like, it's, like, said, it's something, f- fall, uh, passes the Bechtel test if two named characters are women, or you could even just say not dudes, and they have a conversation about something other than a man or men. And, like, it is shocking how many movies fail it. Um, and it's not necessarily, like... If you fail the test, you're not necessarily, like, a misogynist movie. Like, a big example is Gravity. The movie Gravity fails it, even though, like... Yeah, because... Like, 90% of the runtime is, like, <laughs> this one person. She doesn't talk to anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, like... uh like it fails it for no reason like did all the characters have to be dudes except for this one lady that gets like shuffled off to the side for a lot of the movie just to be like a romantic thing but, you know at the at the same time um you know the the two most prominent female characters in the movie for me were um you know of course uh female lead and uh president's wife right Jane Krakowski and, completely yeah. underused and of course, I you know, they didn't stand out to me at all for me enough for me to remember their names. I am sorry, that's disrespectful. As I heck. know, I know the the romantic leads is is her initials are VV because that's in a lot of Sandler movies, but um, I don't remember her actual name. Uh, but like they could have very easily had some sort of conversation, even though they had no like level of interaction. You know, it's. Sandler movies are about forcing, you know, forcing situations and seeing what happens. So I, they could have very easily had a conversation about something like plot related that isn't Adam Sandler's character or Kevin James character. Uh, to end this in this, uh, my my like stream of consciousness thoughts um, on a high note, I did like pretend you're the guy and try not to die. I liked that a lot. It was part of the uh, partially the like inspiration for the empathy thing with Chris's character um one thing I did before like kind of making sort of the setting and stuff for this was uh I asked some friends like on Facebook I was like what is something that is um what is something that's virtuous about video games other than entertainment relax or relaxation or like killing time other than de-stressing um and I got two really good answers. 
Um, and one of them is from our friend Emily Lewis, and her answer was empathy. That they're exercises in living someone else's life and striving to keep them safe and happy and help them reach their goals. And to, like, literally put yourself in a, into another person's experiences. Um, and so I think they kind of touched on that in the movie, and I was kind of proud of them for it. Again, I wish they, they fleshed it out a little bit. Um, and the other good answer was uh, our friend Ryan Coons said I should read Reality is Broken by Jane McGonigal. And I did, and it inspired a lot of the stuff I brought to this. Um, big question. Big question for all of you. Yes. Did we do better? Did we improve on the movie? I don't think we made the same movie, which I realize is the ultimate goal of what we try to set out. Um, but I think fundamentally both of them, our movies are very different. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Alex. I don't, I mean, they're just not, it's a completely different movie. There, there's I, I don't even think that they're related at all, except for they're both called Pixels. I think you could easily call it something else and put it out also, and then people would be like, this is in no way even a little bit related to the other movie. People wouldn't even think of the other movie. There's no... I, I don't... I mean, the only real connection is is that there are pixelated video game characters in both of the movies. It, that that brings up an interesting point. Uh like it sparks something for me is that, you know, take away the, the title pixels and use some, you know, basically it's the 3D printing analog, um, some sort of like highly functional 3D printing thing. It also, you know, delves into familiar territory for films dealing with AI. Like there's that empathy piece where. um What's his face? The jerk, the the boss jerk, uh, he- yeah. Hector, Hector Avila. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the jerk, Steve what? Martin. Yeah, good, good oh. stuff. <laughs> Got him. Uh, the The fact that like he's he's the type of guy that would absolutely play through dishonored and murder everybody without thinking twice, yeah. and then be <laughs> angry that he got a bad ending. Um, and so it's interesting because then it's it doubles back on that on that empathy thing of for it, you know it has that extra layer on top of it. So I honestly think that our our film had more pathos mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I I liked the characters a whole lot more. Um mm-hmm. I mean we weren't as funny as comedians, but I liked the I liked our characters a whole lot better. I thought our motivations were better. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to be fair, Adam Sandler and them weren't as funny as comedians in the movie either. <laughs> yeah, that they oh, hurt. They hurt me Adam. deep. They hurt me deep, Kyle. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> I I hurt you deep. That Hector Avila was a jerk. No, no, no. That you were like we're, we're all less. <laughs> that was funny my self insertion character. We were we were all less funny than Adam Sandler, and it was like, well, screw you, Kyle. <laughs> no, these are jokes, Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Now you say it, Jetsy. Kyle. There we go. <laughs> okay. Did I did I personally do better? This is obviously a group effort, but I had a lot to like I set us up. I and then and I I I think that this movie is like I've said is a failure. So yeah, the short answer is I do think it was better. 
And I also think I did what I wanted, like, we accomplished what I set out to do, which was to make a story about video games, where video games were, like, part of its thematic elements. Um, but, like, I feel like I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, I didn't like the silly aliens in the original movie, but now I see why they did that. Because I think maybe my setting, like, my, I feel like this got a little real for some of us. Maybe too real, and kind of stressful, maybe, and dour. And, like, Kyle, I think you were saying earlier, like, we're not as funny as comedians, but, like, I didn't give you guys any space to do comedy in. <laughs> um, you are masters, and you still found cracks to squeeze some jokes into, but you needed a better space to play in, and I didn't give it to you. Um, well, I mean, I think I think it's tough, because if we're trying to make a different movie... Right. If we're trying to, at the outset, make a different movie from Pixels, that was a sci-fi action comedy. Right. And we made a different movie, like Alex and Gen Z both said. We made a, you know, a, a dramedy with, you know, more emphasis, more emphasis on the drama. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, dude. Um, I, I don't hold that against you for it being less of a comedy. I, yeah, but one of the things I liked about the original movie was I thought it was a good idea to make it like a comedy adventure. It, it wasn't funny, but they, it, it was a comedy adventure. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I do think video games are something that can be seen, like, explored seriously, but they are supposed to be fun. That You say that, and immediately my brain goes to, okay, well, how do you deal with, like, serious topics, but in an absolutely absurd way? And I'm like, just get Adam McKay to write it and direct it as opposed to Adam Sandler. Because <laughs> like the other guys was very tongue in cheek. And I did it, like the other guys. I loved yeah, like it. it. Yeah. So good. Oh, boy. I never saw it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Alex, did you hate it? I didn't care for it. <laughs> uh Oh, I. I just think that like it touches on it, it touches on a more serious down to earth level, um, you know, but still having that like it's grounded in reality where there's absurd situations that are still grounded in reality. And like, I think that we brought that to the table a little bit. Me personally, I was I was stressed out <laughs> um, by this movie because I felt like my character was forced into like really stressful situations that Gen Z as a person like doesn't do well with. And mm. um, I remember at one point you were like, come on, be funny. It's a comedy. And I'm like, I, I, like, I'm not, I don't feel funny. I feel, <laughs> I feel stressed out and unhappy and they stole my child. Frustrated, right? They stole yep. my child. Like, what am I supposed to do in this situation? Like, I'm not going to be cracking jokes and goofing off. Like, I don't know. Gen Z as a, as a person is very, mm, maybe protective. Not necessarily like maternal, but I was just like, this isn't, I, I'm not doing well with this. So that was just my personal experience. So first of all, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and second of no, all, I'm... I constantly underestimate how much you live inside of your characters. Um, 
And, like, I really should have noticed it because, obviously, we cast you as the empathetic character because of your real-life empathy. <laughs> so I should have known. There, there's this thing off mic, and you can hear it if you're a patron and you listen to our bloops. Uh, we, like, I, like, re-recorded some stuff. Like, I retconned some stuff from the first episode. Um, originally, I had this thing where I tried to, like, get them to, like, all the characters to, like, run and, like, hide out in an apartment for a couple <laughs> of days. And, mm -hmm. like... I really a underestimate like I you know if you here's a here's a GM tip for you uh, if you try to get your players to run away from an encounter they will never do it <laughs> they will <laughs> yep. always stand their ground and b you cannot get a parent to run away from their child unless th that is like explicitly part of their backstory like Frank um, and especially if if that if that character already has abandonment issues, they're never gonna leave their kid. And so, like, I I really was trying to force something to happen in that first episode, and I like it wasn't gonna happen because Jensi was like, "I'm not leaving without my baby." <laughs> right? Like, Chris was going to die on those steps. Like, I was just going to keep beating at the doors until I died. <laughs> like that was that was all that was going to happen there. Now I wonder. Uh, you know, knowing that and knowing, you know, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. But if Ben had come to you and said, hey, this is the situation that is going to happen. But here is the eventual outcome. Uh, and basically, like. I guess the question is, like, if if we had instead of an open sandbox, if we had had more definition to the. um like this is the exit of the playpen, right? This is this is where the exit is. Um, just knowing where that is, maybe. Um, and this is not me trying to give you notes on your GMing, uh, Ben. I, I'm just no, you. I'm genuinely this is, curious this is, if it this would is have the changed time your reaction. That would not have affected me at all. Actually, um, I would have pushed back really hard at Ben for that um, because, they would have. like, yeah. I would have. I would have been like. Um, no, because that's not what my character would have done. Yeah. So, like, it's it's Ben's job to, in the game, in the world of the game, convince my character to not do it, which he eventually did. But if you're trying to convince Gen Z to not do it, Gen Z is going to dig in their heels even further. <laughs> yeah. Um, something I realized in hindsight I could have done was maybe have more of an assurance to... Chris, that Gina was mm. safe and that this was mm -hmm. really the one option. Um, mm -hmm. And but I, I guess I thought that that would like conflict with kind of the ending where um, Gina was like kind of the antagonist, which I stand mm. by. I do stand by that one, <laughs> that decision. Um, let's talk about we're already kind of in it, but let's talk about like the second draft, like what maybe you would have done differently. Um you know, for the second draft of your script, your script, all of our series are the first draft. <laughs> so, mm. um, Fair. one of mine was, I've, we said it before, more jokes, make things a little funnier, less serious. I didn't let Gina tell any jokes, which was Aww. bullshit. I know. Terrible. And also like, I, I, a lot of Gina writing, a lot of my G writing for Gina was, I don't like it that kids are just used as props and pro plot devices a lot of times. And they're not allowed to be like real characters with agency. And I still kind of did that, didn't I? <laughs> still kind of made that mistake. Um, I wish I'd given Frank one more chance to really be a hero at the end. Um, mm. Since we had that really great moment where Chris like got mad at him all over again for the, like the auction email. Um, mm. And I didn't really give you space to like, like, 
really finally come together there because um, I was maybe resting the ending a little bit again. Oh, and the I, other thing was the reveal about F- Hank being like from Chris's game should have just happened with the Zelda reveal. It shouldn't have been two different twists. Uh, and oh. Alex even tried to make it happen. If you go back and you listen to that episode, Alex is like, hey, Ben, does Hank remember anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that would have been so good way better <laughs> yeah. oh if alex could have like explained that himself mm-hmm. from his memory i oh, really took it so away good. from him and i feel bad about that i um on the note of that you know trying to patch that up um the last thing that frank bought the the spray uh was uh going to be a picture that um, Chris's mom had taken of uh, her and Gina playing video games together. That would have been and so good. I was, you know, I was like, if you know, Gina had not started laughing and started, you know, <coughs> started enjoying what was happening, uh, that that changed completely. Changed what I was gonna do within that last combat. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna throw that spray up on a wall and. You know, roll the dice. Let's see what happens. No, that would have been good. So we'll just say it happened. How about it? (laughs) (laughs) Rick on. One thing I am kind of glad that came out of some of this, though, was um, asking Jincy to make, uh, like, Chris's character arc empathy. Um, I like it ended up being that your empathy led you to make Chris like more self-assured and care more about their own well-being too mm. which strengthened their relationships I like that the, your arc is that you turned your empathy inward mm. um, and that was all you Aww. thank you well I guess I have two things one would be my, my performance as Hank um, I didn't really know what to do with Hank uh, I had this, I was the, the secret knowledge quote unquote character. And, um, Ben had told me that, that Hank knows he's, a, he knows he's a pixel person, but he doesn't want anybody else to know. Um, and I guess I, I never really found out the why of it. I, I th- you probably mm-hmm. left it for me to kind of like formulate. I guess, um, yeah, but, but I never, I never had like, why did, why doesn't he want them to know about it? Well, a, because reasonably you would immediately not trust him. Um, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So you mean other, the other characters would yeah, not yeah, trust yeah, him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think the time for that reveal, like it, having it, having it revealed right after the fact that like uh, Sonic goes yeah or like you know with sonic actually like assisting us uh so we know that Mm -hmm. the pixels aren't all you know antagonists that some of them have their own agency um i think that would have been um the the moment where that would have hit the strongest you know it's funny that you mentioned that kyle because Uh uh, um i tried to do something and uh i talked to ben about it later when Sonic gets crushed by the Statue of Liberty, which is a mm-hmm. really weird sentence to say out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was going to try to like impose myself 
and push Sonic out of the way, and then like I would have been crushed, and then you guys would have found out that I was in fact a pixel person at that moment. Mm. I think you said you had a hack that let you like dash or something, and it would something. have like re- revealed to you. Yeah, and I was like, ah, and, but I talked over him, and I didn't, I didn't realize he was trying to do it, and I, I really regret that. Yeah. Because then, like, a fairy in a bottle would have popped out, too, like, to bring sure. Hank back. Possibly. Mm. I don't know. I, just, I thought it might have been a cool place to reveal it. Uh-huh. It would have been. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that was the other thing was these reveals were supposed to happen organically. They were supposed to happen mm. when you figure, when the other characters figured it out. I... I was having I was having an issue with that as far as like meta knowledge. I did not want a metagame. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like for me, I know that I know that Kyle suspected much, much sooner. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this dude has an endless inventory. Like he's obviously a video game character. I, I couldn't pick out which video game character it was. So like, yeah, I and I tried. Didn't know how I tried to lace. also parse that. If you if you care if you guys had tried to pull stuff out of dongle though he would have let you. <laughs> you just never did it. Yeah. And I, I tried to I tried to lay so many hints. I'm like, you "Oh, did. I've got I got this shield with a big red bird on it. Oh, I've got these hook shots." I just I just thought it was Alex cuz Alex loves Zelda and he was just like pulling out these Zelda references. Yeah. And I was like, "Great, perfect. I love it." Way to keep on theme. (laughs) But like immediately, as soon as I was introduced to Hank, I was like, this is not a real person. Mm, Obviously, this is not a real person. But at no point was I like, this is a video game character and this is Link. Like I never, it never even crossed my mind. See, that was the other reason I made him like hide the pixels knowledge was it was a meta thing, which is not great. Like I shouldn't metagame Mm -hmm. either. That I was like, I wanted to slow down your guessing. So you didn't just mm-hmm. immediately be like, you're Link from The Legend of Zelda. But I think yeah. we over, we have <laughs> us having the knowledge overestimated how hard it would be to figure that out. So maybe he should have just been like, maybe we should have just been honest about that from the start. Yeah. After, I, after every episode, I got an angry text from Ben like, just pump the brakes, Alex. Pump the brakes on all these hints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although, although originally the angry texts were originally were eventually like, I feel like we're being really obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> Not to me. No, and I like I I will never I can't I don't have a good outside perspective to see that. But yeah, but I guess my second thing and the real thing that that hits me about our series was just the pacing, and I think we all kind of touched on it. I think um, the the and it's it's not all been like it's 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 all of us like the stuff between Chris and Frank, um, like everything kind of just happens at that last episode. Uh huh. Uh, you know, the the Hank knowledge about the the old game, uh, Chris and and Hank or Chris and Frank having a falling out. Uh, and like I really think we could have pumped another episode or two out of it um but yeah that's just me you know you know i like those long series (laughs) you sure do but uh i completely agree though um and i think i even kind of like my stuff kind of fell apart at the end Uh, my themes ended up not making a clear point i think um Mm -hmm. yeah i think for for a rewrite uh 
piece that I would that I would want to include is exactly that that we because you you said a few times reality is broken. Uh, you emphasize that. I think yeah. if we could have had character like our characters experience those moments um mm. as opposed to um <clears throat> like the cutscenes like it was all cutscene stuff and you guys didn't actually ever mm. get to interact with it in character Wh- which yeah. is hard in an audio format because like in a visual format you can absolutely do that without any dialogue right you can you can mm. uh show not tell uh by you know having the characters like see something that's going on and then have like a conversation amongst themselves but it's hard in an audio format doing that it's you know it, it's going to involve the narrator describing what's going on uh to set the scene so i i don't know how uh to revisit the the you know reality is broken in more um character centric ways but uh i think yeah revisiting that theme and just it's first it strays further away from comedy because we don't want to make light of you know the ways in which reality is in fact broken um Mm -hmm. but that's how satire gets its humor is that you take something that we know is wrong and turn it up to 11 Mm. Yeah, that was the origin of the um, same-sex dog ownership joke, which is my worst joke ever. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, I need to make these these problems, like, absurd, but still bad. (laughs) I remember when we we re-recorded that, and Jensi got, like, for real angry at you. Like, Ben, what's wrong with you? Why do you not like this thing? Because you, you, you phrased it as a matter of fact. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, left, I left some of it in. I left some of it in because you were like, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> are the dogs the same sex or are the owners? And I was like, well, I'm not going to address that. <laughs> yeah, oh recreational God. fracking was the other one. That was the other. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like That was joke. delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I apologize to everyone for same sex dog ownership <laughs> joke. <laughs> so I know that you said that I'm empathetic and my character was empathetic, but there were a lot of op- a lot of situations where I felt I was disassociating from the character and from the situation because it was too stressful for me. And that's one of my coping mechanisms, I think, is disassociation. Um, because there were there were a lot of situations, and I'm sure that you cut almost all of them, where I was just like, nah, fuck it. Fuck all these people. Like, w- like when Dongle was just like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. I was just like, okay, buddy, thanks. Good job. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you never. That is not in the episode. There is a, a part yeah. in Bloops where... Or- <laughs> Where uh, I, I may not even put in blues, but there were uh, they they said it, it was <laughs> so the, I love it was the, I love you part, um. and uh, and Jincy just is quiet for a moment and goes, "Okay, thanks for your sacrifice. <laughs> Bye, <Yep>. Dongle. 
Miss you. I was like, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> because, I don't know, I kind of hate a dongle anyway. And I, I was struggling at Oof. some time, at some points Oof. to have <laughs> empathy or to show that empathy. So It's not too oof yes. because I realized something after as, as we were doing this. That every time I've ever played an RPG with Jinsi, uh, whether <laughs> on mic or off mic, Jinsi's character always hates my character. No. <laughs> <laughs> Might just be a safe outlet. It's no. Sometimes on purpose, obviously with uh and like obviously Mervin and um and uh um Ridley became friends by the end. Uh, but that was oh, obviously yeah. it was obviously a director note that 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 Ridley had to not like Mervin and that makes sense. But like remember right. the D&D game yeah. we played and like you're like uh like I was playing the fighter, and your person just like hated my person, like oh, yeah. from the from the get go, and like oh my gosh, <laughs> it's always been that way. I'm sorry, I don't know that. that. So I got nothing. So I, I I get it. I get it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Doggle was my self insert character. It only makes sense that your 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 self insert character would. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh my I God. actually I actually thought they were both self inserts. You might like them. <laughs> no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my god! I just I, I just thought of a, a flaw with our representation of this film. What's up? Mm. Or really, with our retelling? What happened to Chet Dilbeck? Yeah, I know, right? Chet Dilbeck. What Dilbeck. happened to him? I I oh, had a, I I was Chet like uh, about about uh like twenty four hours after we recorded that finale, which was not that long ago. I was like, so Chet just died in the basement, right? He just got crushed by the falling <laughs> building, right? No, it's like, it's like Judge Reinhold in nah, Gremlins. Chet, like, what happens to him? Chet, Chet, <laughs> Chet got out like everyone else did. He did eventually get Good. caught by uh, Simon Belmont and put back in a little cage, and maybe eventually got a job somewhere, a gamified job somewhere in the city. And then when all it was over, he got out safe like everyone else did. All right, all right. You're I right. You're right. Though like we did Chet. not have closure for Chet Dilbeck. I forgot about him completely. <laughs> Until or, I, I just glanced down at my notes and read Chet Dilbeck, and I was like, oh, Chet Dilbeck! We also kind of didn't have uh, closure for Sonic either. Um, I was oh, originally yeah. going to have, like, Jin- like, Chris playing Sonic in the, like, epilogue, and, like, Sonic was going to, like, wink at him in out of the console. But I was like, I can't do that with, like, Hank and Sonic, and Hank is more important. Mm. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But I also, I also wanted to show that, like, I'm, I'm hoping people gathered that, like, if Hank's cool in his game, then Sonic's chilling in his game somewhere. That, well, I mean, you definitely fair, said that. I did. I did. I really tried to, and also he, Sonic had the break, you know, where he was like, "I'm alive. Don't worry about me." Um, another character that didn't really have revisitation, uh, and. Might not be necessary at all. It was uh, Jessup. My, oh yeah, Jessup Nilwater. Yeah, Nilwater. Uh, that may, like maybe some like news article or something. You know, just just tying that end up, like tying that loose end up with a little bow. I um, I'll tell you one of the behind the scenes thing, the thing that didn't make it in was I did originally flirt with the idea of Jessup also having their own like guerrilla force of people that were like <laughs> like successfully liberating part of the city and like kind of outdoing wow. you Frank but I was like it's too much I can't do it <laughs> I I I funny. love that 
Like, I, I love that. Yeah. So, unfortunately, <laughs> Jessup Dillwaiter had to be the Chekhov's gun that never fired. Um, Other stuff that didn't make it in. Behind the scenes stuff. Uh, uh, I had two rules for this. Um, One of the things uh, th- all the players here know about, but I don't know if it ever actually came up on mic, because I had to enforce this a lot. Uh, I did not allow any references to things whose origins were not purely video games. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. this group apparently likes the NES Ninja Turtles game because they kept trying to make that happen. <laughs> there were so many, so many like iconic video games from my childhood that I wanted to put into this thing. But I was like, nope, I can't do that because that's Batman. Nope, I can't do that because that's uh, friggin' Ninja Turtles or Jurassic Park. Or Star Wars. Or Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, so many Star Wars things. And I was like, no, you can't have a lightsaber. It's from Star Wars. <laughs> um, and I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that those are good games. Um, but I, it was just a creative choice I wanted to enforce. Uh, I did allow the the Tony Hawk thing because, like, I felt like that was a gray area. And um, that, oh, that's not obvious on Mike. That was their idea. I didn't have the second part planned and I wanted them to make something. Um, and they came up with making a like ninety like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater part, which I thought was really great. And like I do think that Tony Hawk, like I know Tony Hawk is a real skateboarder person, but Tony <laughs> Hawk's Pro Skater is like pretty purely a video game, right? It's not realistic it's, at all. It's um, a super iconic video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And so I was it's like, nah, I'm in into culture. this. Yeah. So and it was good. I'm glad we did it. Um, the other rule that was not as obvious to the players. Um, that I kept kind of secret to avoid retreading any Mario ground. I pretended that Nintendo said we couldn't use any named Mario characters, but we could use like stuff from Mario and like Koopa Troopas or something and like one up mushrooms and Mario Kart stuff. So that was kind of the genesis of the, uh, like, like neocortex and the clown copter joke. Cause like I couldn't use Bowser, Aww. but I could use the clown copter. Oh. Um, and I also pretended they had kind of the same rule for Zelda, but they allowed Hank because he was kind of his own character. He wasn't really Link, like in quotation marks. He wasn't Link Link. Hank was his own guy. He um, talked. And he also talked. He did talk. Uh, on that point, uh, folks at home, you probably don't uh, didn't know this, but I said skank so many times. <laughs> That Ben cut out of this series. I let him have one. I was I was really surprised he let one slide at the at the, uh, at the finale. It wasn't. I didn't cut it because you said skank. It just didn't. It just wasn't working. It's because a lot of times you were just shouting it in the middle of oh, someone no, else's line. Oh no, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I well, must have blocked it out. Well, I right, think I'm trying to remember the skanks and I don't. He did say it in the um, the epilogue is the one that got left in. Yeah. Oh, can you, you say to... it again, Alex? Skank. <laughs> ah, very good. It is very good. See, yeah. Love it. I thought you were saying Hank. I also <laughs> thought he was saying Hank. That's because a couple of times he did. <laughs> Sometimes I did say Hank. I was just like Hank. I don't. <laughs> Hank. Sometimes I was like Skank. And I was like, yeah. I left in a lot of Hanks. Oh, yeah, um, I remember the I thought it was I thought it was so funny that he just said Hank out loud. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things you guys actually liked and responded to was the Nintendo Biddy. Do you remember? Like, my yeah. made-up Nintendo console? Mm-hmm. I made that mm-hmm. off the cuff right then. I did not have a plan for that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very good. Um, 
So that's, <laughs> it actually hurts a little bit. All my planned stuff, you guys are like, I don't know about this. And then I, I'm like, uh, Nintendo's console in 10 years is a Joy-Con with a holographic screen. And you're like, rad! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's just cool. Oh, sure it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Cool. Yeah. I did a very good job. Uh, one thing, Dongle was actually originally going to be called Anno, Autonomous Node Operator, but I thought we needed a joke. So I named him Dongle. I mean, mm. Dongle is a good joke. Sorry, Gen Z. No, it's okay. <laughs> I agree. Dongle is a good joke. <laughs> Not a good, just a bad character. <laughs> the truth okay, comes okay. Out. What could have been? No, no, no. Maybe this is a good question. What could have been done to have made Dongle more appealing? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> possibly to play on the empathy thing. Uh, if yeah. Dongle had had some sort of like uh eight bit or sixteen bit like projected like hollow projected oh. like mouth and eyebrows and eyes. I mean so like a, an yeah. amalgamation of a face. Like a, the um, solution is make dongle cute. Like that does seem obvious now that you've said it. Yes. <laughs> That's if so dongle smart. was cute, I would have liked him better. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Um one thing I'll tell you, audience, uh there was going to be more of a Battle Royale part, um, but I just thought that was going on too long, and so we did that in Media Res thing. An entire table of like participants got cut from that, so if you want to see that, um, and the other 35 pages of my notes, I will put them up in Patreon for you. Nice. I mean, co- combat is the worst part of podcasting. It, it's literally the, the dice rolling parts... Uh, I'm gonna, you know, go. Out, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna say something. It's a hot take, but oh. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be listening to combat if it's just people rolling dice and adding up numbers. I actually like, completely agree. There's got to be flavor. Ah 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 ah. Oh, yeah. is it, are these opinions Ka- hurting, Alex? Is that your hi- Kyle? Fe- that, is that your feelings? Kyle, being hurt? that really burned me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so Aww. hot. Kyle. That, that take was pretty hot. Uh, Turn it down, <laughs> yeah. Kyle. I actually completely agree with you, but I really liked. Um, I liked how this system handled combat. We'll talk about that in a second. You'll also be able to see all of Gina's stunts. If you, uh, I have some clever names for that, those, but uh, I'll save that for the patrons. Frank, what was the stunt you got from the Froyo? You never got to say it on mic. Yeah, it's a hammer, bro. Uh, I unlocked uh, using item for attack because the entire time I didn't have item for attack. Um so that's that was actually one of my first uh, my first moves was I called it bag of tricks and so I unlocked uh, attack for for item I I wanted to earlier I I was feeling like I wanted to force myself to be more creative and think outside the box because that's where I that's where I do my best work as a character um look at all of countless heroes. Um, mm-hmm. That was Pip, the giant ferret. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like I, I didn't. I, I wanted to have that for like the final big boss, uh, which is why I took it so late. But um, yeah, it, it forced me to try to because uh, Frank, I guess, would still like still be trying to take a back seat almost like afraid of fully engaging and fully leaning into, you know, the combat of the situation. 
and like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be supportive because if he and Gina have been playing animal crossing together, you know, that's, that's the extent of his video gaming recently. Um, so just being more in a support role and creating advantages for other people, I, I wanted to be more of that and not sure if that came through, but yeah, that's uh you I, came through item now. for a deck. You came through. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um I wanna talk about Hank. I wanna talk about Hank and how he got created a little bit. Um Hank? Yeah. <laughs> Originally the three player characters were gonna be kid, millennial age, like fifties. Uh, like so it was going to like represent the three like kind of era big eras of gaming like arcade and the console the big console generation and then modern day gaming like the and we talked about that yeah in, before the did we talk happened. about that okay um but then, uh, amongst us amongst ourselves oh anyway. yeah 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 then originally I, I had that idea and then I was like a playing kids is really hard um like as a as a like a big player thing um. And B, I just had, I just saw Hank one day in my house and I had this idea. And then I, um, the temptation as it always is, was to make Gen Z the secret knowledge person because they're very good. But I ran Hank's character concept past Alex. And so since he already knew about it, I had to make him him. And I'm so glad it happened out that way. Um, cause like, wow, he did so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys ready for some casting? Yes. Oh, sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I actually thought of this a while ago before we started. I see Hank being played by, and I'm gonna just butcher his last name, but uh, Manny Jacinto. That's what I got. Yeah, Manny Jacinto from uh, the Good Place. He played Jason Mendoza on the Good Place. Huh. Cute, boyish. I get it. Oh dang, he is incredibly attractive. Yeah, this is a good cast. It's it's, it's a running joke in the Good Place. (laughs) Yeah, that he's incredibly attractive. Yeah, yeah, but he's also uh, in the Good Place. He's a he's like a super duper dumb guy. (laughs) He would be a perfect Link. He has got like really good jawline, and I think Link has a good jawline. And he's Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. really funny too. He's great, dude. Oh, so I, funny. I, I love and also him Link so much. is a is a is a himbo. So I guess mm-hmm. absolutely. It fits. I feel. I feel like. Oh well. To be fair, he, he does seem oblivious, doesn't he? He's good at puzzles. Link but... is such a himbo. It was. It was such a good <laughs> thing when when like Hank <laughs> Hank was like, no, 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 you can't do the obvious solution to the puzzle. That's what they want you to do. Chicken goes to the lock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is a very Manny Jacinto moment. It's like, oh, I'm going to, instead of, like, using some other method, I am going to force this bull into a corral by taking it, charging at me head on and grabbing it by the horns and then forcing it to go into the corral. Looking at you, Twilight Princess. Right. What the hell? Right. Hank was originally supposed to be from the uh, Breath of the Wild, like from... Like Chris's Breath of the Wild game. And then like we're about like four episodes in and one day Alex texts me and he's like, Hey, I just remember that you can't change Link's name in Breath of the Wild and I was like, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think we told y'all it um 
I think it was my idea to make Hank a um a a legend a a link that Chris would have played and never like finished or mm. uh, even started. Mm. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll do this. And then I was like, I had my guy because my character description was like normal looking dude. Dirty blonde hair, blue shirt, khaki pants, just like, you know, his color scheme from Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then I was like, uh-oh, I done goofed. Oh, but it but it also fits Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we saved it. Well, he saved it. That was another we all thing. saved it. I don't know if that, we never really said it explicitly on mic, but just in case it wasn't clear, like, the reason Hank did not have a, a memory is because of that, is because... He never got to start the game, so yep. he didn't even have like Link's memories. Um, Dang, that's dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, t- maybe too dark, right? <laughs> like, oh man, just uh, uh, I, I read a I read a web comic once where like the where teddy bears. It was basically like an imagination, like. Base place where like all the fairy. I know exactly what you're talking about, and do you yeah, remember what it's called? Teddy, because like I don't, I don't remember what it's called. But like the teddy bears are guards, and they're all psychotic because as a teddy bear gets passed on to different children, they imprint a different personality onto it. Like yes, oh wow, very problematic. But like it was such a neat conceit that like the you know the fact that this can happen to an imaginary friend, you know, and so extending that into video games is, is brilliant i re- i was trying to just set up alex being able to make the character's personality his own <laughs> but not not do something that dark but oops like make, make it so hank did not have to be just like link yeah um okay hey, that's a solid hook that's really solid kyle i know you've been giving this a lot of thought what do you got for frank um so I, w- I was kind of torn because I'm like, OK, we could go the comedic route or we could go the dramatic route. And I was thinking, like, I got to have somebody who's going to bridge the gap and kind of fits the age range in 2015. Um, so I narrowed it down uh, to one of two choices, and I'm leaning towards Steve Carell um, because he has some serious drama chops and the dude is a comedic genius. Um, and he's, he, he's got that dad bod, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is, which is just great. Uh, the other person that I was thinking was Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Um, You, 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 Kyle were definitely channeling Sam Rockwell. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, of course, Galaxy Quest is amazing, um, <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the fact that like Moon hits so hard, ah, such a good oh, it's I like it's so, so good. good. Uh, so like he's got he's got both chops, he and sure so does. He, he just doesn't he just doesn't have the physique that I was looking for of like having representation of someone with my body shape mm-hmm. is less common in a male lead role. Um, you know, so someone that is literally built like a refrigerator box. Um, <laughs> Kyle. I'm, I'm, oh. I am I am square. I am square all the way down. I am my shoulder width all the way down. Are you also eight foot tall? 
Because those things are kind of big, Kyle. I mean, get a big one. Ben Ben just got a new, a nice, a nice like, classic little fridge. one. But there's a big one that's still in the house because there's no way okay. to get it out. So you're in between eight foot and three foot tall. <laughs> good. That is correct. That's a good range. Somewhere in there. Mm. Me too. All right. <laughs> Barely, Jensi. Average height. Jensi is average (laughs) height. So who is Chris, Jensi? Great question. (laughs) Something they haven't thought of at all. No, I have. I have. And like you can look in my Google search history from the past couple of weeks. <laughs> like ever since, like it was just like okay, it's like we're go- we're going down to the Y here. You gotta you gotta cast them. But I'm like I don't know. I, I I'm having a real hard time casting them. So I want the the reason that I'm having a hard time I think is because I want to cast them with a non-binary actor and. The representation out there is just not that great right now, y'all. And to find like a non-binary actor who is uh, in their early 30s and it has like comedic and act- action roles, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. I'll be honest. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato doesn't have action. Hasn't been an action star. Oh, that's the only non-binary. Literally the only non-binary. You can think of? Yeah, I know. Well, oh, oh wait, Sam, wait, Sam Smith too. Sorry, Sam Smith. Well, Jonathan Van Ness, I already used. So there was someone in the newest John Wick movie. Um, their name is Asia Kate Dillon. I didn't actually see the newest John Wick movie though. But they're a non-binary actor. They play a non-binary character in the movie, but I haven't actually seen that. I haven't seen the third one. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, of course, I just Googled uh, non- non-binary actors. Um, <laughs> right. Because, yeah, it's uh, few and far between as far as representation is concerned. But uh, there is someone who is in a Netflix uh, series, uh, Bridget. Bridget Lundy Payne, that's hyphenated Lundy Payne, uh, in The Glass Castle. Um, yeah, they was like, quote, I'm non-binary, always felt a little bit boy, a little bit girl, a little bit neither. Using they, them, as of late, feels right. Um, oh, yeah. They're a little young, though, right? That's the only, yeah, that was the only yeah. thing that I was, that I was hesitating on. And they read very young, like they look even younger than they are. Which was because I, you know, I also saw them and I was like, mm, I don't know. So I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Well, I, I don't think that we've really, I don't think age has ever really come into You know, our, not everyone has factory. to be a known actor. What if this was the new fresh face? What if this oh, was yeah. the discovered actor? A person like we it. don't even know yet. Um, What about, uh, what about, um, uh, they were in Arrow. At one point, uh, Bex Taylor Klaus. All right, yeah. So I've never actually seen them in anything, but um, they were in an action movie, and they look pretty nerdy and possibly like parental. So yeah, we're gonna go with Bex Taylor Klaus. Chalk it up as solved. Yeah. All right, my turn. Cast every 
single other person. Yeah, right. Okay. And in us. In the world. I Um I wasn't like trying to channel an actor for Hector Avila because I know, I know like this is a big pull but like John Leguizamo, right? Like I think he'd be good at playing a comedy villain. I've never seen yeah. him as a villain, but I think he could pull it off kind of like Taika Waititi did in Free Guy. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um um I, I had I had actually pictured H. John Benjamin. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah, that fits. Oh, he would be perfect. But like I said, I wasn't trying to channel anyone as Hector Avila. I just did. <laughs> I just did my voice nasally. Um, I was trying to channel some of my energy of my casting choice for Anna, and my choice for Anna is Paget Brewster. Um, and I know her best as Frankie Dart from Community on the last season of Community. Um, yes, I was mm-hmm. even specifically Anna is just based on Frankie Dart, another person who is good at playing robotic yet like very human characters, um, is Andre Bauer, who is probably best known as Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, nice, and I think he mm-hmm. should he should be Dongle. Now I tried originally to do a much deeper voice for Dongle, and it just didn't work out. I ended up being mm-hmm. foppish somehow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's that is a word wow um, i really mm-hmm. really i really meant for him to have a, like a deeper more gravitas and maybe that's how we make uh dongle more appealing is he's played by literally anyone else other than me <laughs> maybe played by america's <laughs> yeah. sweetheart andre brower well i don't know i can't be everyone i i'm just one guy like not all actors are good for all mm. roles and maybe i just wasn't good for this one i'm only one man march jensi did this last time for Dark Tower, and I really liked it. So I'm going to cast what a director. What did I do? You cast oh, a director. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was so good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was and good. And I'm going to do that again because I think I had some good ideas even though I've been hard on myself in this. I think I had some cool ideas. But I do think... I agree. I do think my good ideas would be better in someone else's hands. Um, Scorsese. I've heard this thing that says entertainment is on a spectrum between interesting and fun. Um... And I think I had some interesting ideas that ended up not being fun <laughs> and not interesting enough to make up for not being fun, which is why I've come up with my pick for director. It's actually two guys, Phil Lord, and, Phil Lord and Chris. The Cohen brothers. Oh, well, can you say it again? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm leaving Someone that in. Someone get it clean. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Phil Lord. No, and don't Chris. leave that in. <laughs> Stop interrupting me. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, um, one in particular because they wrote and directed the Lego Movie, um, which did with Legos what I was trying to do with video games. That story is about Legos. They really mm. thought about what makes Legos worthwhile and made those thoughts into themes for that story. And their version was fun, but it had substance. Like you can talk about the Lego movie. You can do a deep dive into Lego movie even and it had some serious moments and some real some real emotional character stuff, but it wasn't super dour. It was funny. It was so funny. It was a good balance between interesting and fun. And I think that this would have been good in their hands. I I 100% agree. And the point of reference that I have is the broken jaw on the astronaut helmet mm-hmm. is like what mm-hmm. a perfect detail it's the perfect detail for that movie and yes okay i i 100 support your choice so i said before this that i watched a bunch of movies and tv that reference video games 
And so we started, since we started, I watched a couple more. Um, I saw Free Guy, uh, which I think just one sentence really succeeded in telling a story about video games. Um, I was even like, we were just starting this and Alex, like we went to, I think we went to see that movie together, right? Me, you and me and Jeanette. And uh, yeah. I was like, I was like, fuck. <laughs> that, was, that was so <laughs> good. <laughs> I watched it on the plane to Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah, I loved it. Was, it. it was good. But I don't want to talk too much about Free Guy because I think people, um, <laughs> I think it's unfair to spoil that movie if this episode is not about that movie. But I am going to spoil one thing about another movie. No, lots of things about another movie. I'm going to spoil another movie. The other movie I watched, and I watched it again today, <laughs> was Space Jam A New Legacy. And... Y'all, I just, I'm about to spoil all of Space Jam and New Legacy. So if you need a second to, like, stop listening to this episode or whatever. I haven't seen it. Right. What about yeah, me? Bye. What do well, I do? I'm not to watch it. Don't Disconnect. worry. Yeah, sorry. But, like, well, you need to hear this, Cincy. I'm sorry. But, like. Damn it. <laughs> guys, I swear I didn't rip off this movie. I wrote all of this before Space Jam and New Legacy came out. But. You have the timestamps? The antagonist, I don't know, maybe, maybe Google Docs helps me with that. The antagonist in, in, uh, in both, uh, my, our version of Vixels and, uh, Space Jam 2 is the antagonist is an AI who befriends the protagonist kid and turns them against the antagonist or against the protagonist. And then the protagonist has to play a video game to win over their kid again. And then during that big confrontation, the kid goes from being mad to having fun with their parent. There's tons of pop culture references. And at the end, LeBron's son even goes to game design school. What the heck? A character sacrifices himself to save the day by deleting himself. And this part, this is part of his redemption arc for kind of being a scamp during the movie. And then also, Sonic and this character dying are equally ridiculous. <laughs> so I I wow. can't believe you ripped off. I didn't. Space I didn't. Jam they, ripped, they ripped me off. I'm saying it. <laughs> wow. So was that multi-regional wow. evolution where the same thing happens in disassociated places? Also, Space Jam Two. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not bad. It's it's it feels. Like I, I heard it's wild. Um, it has a lot of style, honestly. I don't want to talk too much about Space Jam 2, but it has a lot of style. Uh, it's a little cringy like Pixels was, and it's like pop culture references are out of control, although maybe ours were too. Um, um okay. Uh I know we're running along here, but I don't know. True fans listen to this anyway, so um, let's talk about save game. Uh, before we talk about this, I feel like a disclaimer needs to be said. Um, I really tailored save game to this project. Um, save game has this like original story about being like in the internet and you're supposed to like make a character that's like a video game character, like an original character. And then you fight this thing called the glitch, which is like corrupting people. And, um, like we didn't do that, but I used all the mechanics. Um, so I wonder what you guys thought of save game. I had the same issues with this as I do with all fate games. Um, coming up with aspects and remembering to invoke them and the, having the aspects be guidelines, but not be like 
hard you know the these like strict must do's like these strict barriers for your character mm-hmm. like the aspects has always been the element that i'm like that excites me the most about fate and similar systems and the the my achilles heel uh for it just because it's it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around such an abstract concept uh when it comes to game mechanics Mm. Mm -hmm. it's it's fun because you really can do whatever the heck you want to build a character and that level of creative control in a player's hands is phenomenal and any game that does that well is to be lauded for it it's just for me personally it it just doesn't my brain does not compute on that level Mm. for some reason i'm i'm right there with you yeah poor alex (laughs) (laughs) and like and like i'm the same way about like super crunchy strategy systems which we're gonna get into in our next series not to reveal too much but at least this has an initiative order if your thing doesn't have an initiative order like alex is done with you (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) tell me what happens when I, I yeah. hate free free form systems like that. It's just like just go when you feel like it. No, no, I don't like it. Um, mm. on that though, I liked. I think it's the thing I liked the most about this was you know this it tried to bring more combat mechanics to fate, and I think it really succeeded. Um, mm. some of that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if it was balanced necessarily, but like particularly uh. Doing the zero stuff, the like the amalgamec, making that was so much fun for me as a GM. Making mm. the amalgamec was mm. the most fun I had. I think for like going back to like what we might have done in the you know the second go around, you know, you talk about building the amalgamec. I think that if we had done that with our race cars, as opposed to like I, I know that we were, you know, we were trying to get through the episode and you know make it streamlined. So being able to pull these iconic things, but also, you know, depending on how they have, you know, especially with the Lego movie, you know, I kludged together so many race cars and spaceships when I played with Legos as a kid Um, and coming up with mechanics for that would would just be a lot of fun for me personally. So I um, yes, that that yes, Ben, that resonates. Uh, I felt like the coins thing threw off the whole, like, compel invoke economy. Uh, they needed mm. a second currency for compel invoke stuff. You shouldn't have used yeah. coins for that. Mm. You should have just kept fate points, and then the coins should have been used, like, for the shop stuff only. Yeah. Or for, like, mm. ha- or hacks and stuff. Um, Because, like, you guys all had, like, 30 coins at one point. Like, like the, the, the invoke. And, like, you didn't over-invoke because you were like, I'm on a podcast. I got to make this a good show. Um, but in a real game, there wasn't any reason for you not just constantly invoke stuff and, like, never accept compels. And um, mm. so I, th- I think that, that threw it off a little bit. Um, like, that was, like, uh, again a casualty of the pretty fun uh, <laughs> combat mechanics. Uh, they actually, they cut out some things from fake core that I liked and replaced them with their own mechanics. Um, I think the phase trio in fate is such a good mechanic, but they cut that out um, and replaced it with the, like the words thing, you know, where you had, I had to like pull the words from the, 
from the list and you make up some like uh, signature aspect with that. Um, and like, that was kind of fun. We had a little bit of fun with that, but I don't think it was strong enough to like cut out the phase trio, which is this mechanic where you decide how you've crossed paths before and like, like how you relate to each other. And I think that phase trio like made our fake or our, uh, our twilight series happen. Like it forced us to think about that, our characters in ways we would not have without it. And the funny words thing didn't make us think about our character in ways we wouldn't have before. Uh, well, I mean, otherwise. I th the, the game kind of makes room for you to play as, like, existing video game characters, but it really kind of discourages you from doing that. It wants you to make an original character for the game. And I think that's a mistake, too. This game is not necessarily made for what we did with it. It worked. It worked for what I wanted to do. It worked for this series, I think. But, like, what this game is made for is for you to do, like, your your OC, your original character. You should play as your Sonic fan character in this. Play as that vampire sword slinger and gunslinger you've been doodling in your notebook since middle school that you know is kind of just yourself. It would be so fun if you did that and, like, played in this, like, original world of save game. I dig that. Yeah. Because I have, I have like, D&D &D characters that have never seen the light of day. And so it, this would definitely be an opportunity to explore like those characters and play in a system that allows a lot of flexibility for it. Okay. How about we get into some audience retcons? Um, we always ask audience members for how would they would do uh, this movie, how they would do a retcon. And um, our first one is we always got to get the person in that, uh, you know, likes the movie. So, <laughs> Alex, you want to read that one? Jincy, do you want to read this one? I respect that opinion, by the way. Uh, yeah, sure. So the first one comes from Lukey Baby, who plays Hummel on season three of the Roleplay Factory's Dragon's Duel. He's also a good friend of ours and is active in our Discord, and we love him. Mm -hmm. And he says... The D&D show. Oh, yeah, the D&D show. Mm-hmm. He says, I liked that film. Works fine as it is. It's Adam Sandler. What more do you expect from it? However, loving your interpretation of it, too. Aw, thank you, Lukey, baby. That's the problem, though, Luke. That's the problem. Adam Sandler should do better. Or go away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like... <laughs> I like that Luke is just addressing the expectations, though. He's just <laughs> like, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, it's Adam Sandler. <laughs> No, it is. It is Adam Sandler. It is Adam Sandler. I saw him All right. many times. Before I before I launch into this, someone someone help me say this. I name. don't know, Alex. You're gonna have to do your best because it's come from the internet. Bonesay. Bonesay. Maybe like a little Cajun flair to it. This next one comes from Bonesay. Uh, from the Mission to Zix Discord, which we are a part. Uh, if you haven't, get on listening to Mission to Zix, BT Dubs. It's it's such a good show. By the way, we're not like friends with them or on the same network as them or anything. It's just that good. Just listen to that podcast. It's just that good. It yeah. is good. It's very good. Uh, but they say, uh, do they ever actually explain how Peter Dinklage uses the code to cheat and make himself go faster during that mm -hmm. uh, Pac-Man series that pac-man part or is it just hand waved away 
Also, the original two-minute short is better than the entire movie, which I agree. Yeah, the short's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Short is better than the movie. I agree. <laughs> the short, mm-hmm. the short, like contributed the best part of the movie, which was the visual element. I don't remember if they ever explained how Peter Dinklage does it. I just they just hand waved it like he hacked, he hacked it away. So, like, I had a note about this, but I didn't want to address it since somebody else, since one of our um, submissions did. But, like, it drives me nuts that they just aren't going to explain that. (laughs) And also, we talked about this, and Kyle made a great point, and I tried to incorporate a little bit into the main series. Kyle, you talked about, like, that cheating being um, shown as this, like, villainous trait. Like, cheating in video games being a, like, top like top to bottom villainous trait was not good that like yeah like if you cheated in like a fair competition with another person that's bad but cheating to like get through a game like to get to the end of the game we've all done it yep i know i I have who didn't own a game genie with their nes yeah i did i I thought i did not i kind of well okay but jensi you and i have played rare games and you know that banjo kazooie aside rare is known for making difficult games but they're also known for including cheat codes in all their like old N64 games. Like Diddy Kong Crazy. Diddy Kong Crazy is oh, so true. hard. But it, the cheat but codes cheat are codes. fun. Yeah. And cheat codes made those games more fun. <laughs> um, but, so I, uh, but I would argue, I would argue that the cheat codes in Diddy Kong Racing and in Banjo Kazooie, those are integrated parts of the game. Those aren't, I don't consider those cheating if the developers put those in there for you to have fun with yeah but see but that's the thing is like yeah like cheat codes in quotation marks are fun um and it's weird that everyone got mad at peter dinklage right for cheating in this war against aliens that at up to that point had also not been playing very fairly (laughs) using exploits in a video game should not be frowned upon Unless it is done in a competition where the other person is not also allowed to use those exploits. Right. And also, if the other person is threatening to murder your entire planet, it may also be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to IDKFA the heck out of that. Yeah. Okay. Our last one comes from Alexander Sprague. If it's Sprague, I'm sorry, man. Um, of wannabe <laughs> games and the podcast, they're all going to laugh at him. Which is a deep dive he does with his uh, wife um, into every Adam Sandler. And I think also like Adam Sandler adjacent movies. I think they do Kevin James movies too. Um, but every Adam Sandler movie. Uh, and their episode on Pixels is really good. And I listened to it for research. Um, and he's he gave us a long one. Uh, he said, I think reverting the bad changes to the original script is what I think is needed. Give Sandler a year or two of being the best before then being beaten, um, which we did with Frank. Let him go to MIT, then drop out later. Make him feel inadequate, which is why he was a loner and such. Having him be the best also sets up the fact that the aliens are supposed to communicate with Earth using Sandler as a child deepfaked. <laughs> because they believe he is their champion, because he was uh, the one from the time capsule thing in the beginning. Uh, and having Chewie, who I think is... Kevin James' character, having Chewie be the president is fine, mostly because I found the Bush parallels funny, but it's not a good enough motivation to rope in Sandler. He needs to be called out. The hero story basics, I am IMO, in my opinion. What is this going to say? The hero story basics, in my opinion, 
the hero's story basics. Well, it says, let him so, refuse and get pushed into it. And then, a space. And then it says, Billy Mitchell does not deserve redemption. Oh. <laughs> they also hinted at this in the third act, but they start getting monetary support, adoration of the people, and start to understand the new wave the new wave esports stuff that he didn't understand in the beginning. Finally, for the aliens, a few things that should be reinforced. One, the government knows about aliens, even if President Chewie doesn't. Two, they have been using alien tech in America for generations. And three, the aliens are respectful and believe they are fighting the Earth on their own terms. They think the games are how we do things. Thus, the killing of everyone on a level is not a horrid act. Because they're playing the game in a method that the developers allowed them to play. Yeah, I like that. Some of what he is referring to is there was another script for this movie, and based on what I've seen, it was better. Yeah, the tweaks they made did not make the movie better. It wasn't a lot better, but it was a little better. It made a little more sense. I got one more thing. Uh, My wife, Jeanette Blasius, uh, submitted at kind of a, a... I won't say it's a a thing, uh, but it's a little thing. Uh, She describes pixels in ten words or less and does this about three or four times. I'll read them off now. Okay. Cable Guy advises President Paul Blart in Alien Attack. (laughs) Four guys play IRL Rocket League to save the world. (laughs) We should have all died starring Adam Sandler. And couch potatoes outgun trained <laughs> marines. Yeah. That reminds me. That reminds me. I have one more apology to Jincy. I'm sorry there weren't many. Oh, thank you for saying that, Ben. That was like the best part of the movie. All right. Kyle? Yes. Time to say goodbye, Kyle. No, I don't want to say goodbye to Kyle. I love him. Kyle, it's been a treat. Kyle and I have the same brain. Somehow, I've never met a person that gets my brain like Kyle does. I I don't know how I do it either. It's just it's just how I do. It's, it's not something he wants to do. It just it just happens. Rude. That's not to say that I would stop it if given the opportunity. Right, sure. <laughs> Kyle, tell us about the Nerdsmith Network again. Tell us about Shannon. Yes. Uh, so Nerdsmith Network uh, is a. Uh, uh, LGBTQ plus run a uh, network of uh, just fun people that uh, like to make nerdy things, make nerdy content. Uh, we've done shows, are currently doing a show, um, Shenanigans on Tuesday nights, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's kind of a, a fairy tale where audience members can contribute to the chaos and make stuff in game happen to the characters. Um we have Discover RPG on Monday nights where Ange builds stuff usually for shenanigans, but uh, lately has been just like going hog wild in Hero Forge because they've uh, released a bunch of stuff um, and we're sponsored by them or shenanigans is sponsored by them. Uh, then on Thursdays, we have a romp into Ravnica um, where our fr- dear friend Colton has been doing some adventurous stuff, uh, which is a lot of fun. You can tune in uh, to that on Thursdays. Um. Yeah, I opened a bakery. What? Too. I didn't know that. Yeah. What? You didn't? Like I got yeah. my bakery Did you tell license. Us this? 
Yeah, I got my bakery license, so I can I can sell bread locally. I but honestly yes. did not know that bakeries had licenses. Yeah. Sure, so that's new for yeah. me. So I am a I am a cottage food organization, Class B. You can find me at grain underscore squared on Instagram and Twitter. And that's let me tell so y'all, cool. so somebody on this podcast might know from personal experience, but. <laughs> Kyle make good bread. I don't think you have to be. Is it you? Yeah, Alex? I don't think you have to be coy about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do make good bread. Kyle, could you get your bread over to Japan? Yes, but it might cost like hundred and fifty dollars to do it because of oh, well, that's... tariffs and uh, shipping. That's... Now you have to say it's not I'm... worth it. You have to say it out loud. No, 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 no. I am sure that Kyle's bread is absolutely worth that money. Pardon. But the tariffs are not, and I refuse to pay okay, them. Okay, okay. So I'll just wait till I get back you to did. America. You did find a way around it. Very good. <laughs> I didn't get to eat it, but it was. Be- it did look pretty. I actually still have you some. You have a little bit? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a little yeah. slice of that before long. And one last thank you and goodbye to Footbound Forest. It's been a pleasure working with them. A uh, couple of songs I didn't get to use by them are um, the Social Distancing Shuffle, which is pretty self-explanatory, and Self-Driven, I think is what it's called, which is a country song about a, uh, a self-driving pickup truck that leaves its owner, which is just fantastic top tier comedy i think they're on uh youtube and bandcamp um you can find links to that in our episode description they're pretty easy to google too though and also um one last thank you to miranda rose thorvaldson who dubbed all of gina's lines uh it was a pleasure working with her too um she recorded a little goodbye message that i'm gonna play right now uh thank you I, I like being Gina. And <laughs> uh, uh, have a good day. Oh, oh, and I want to mention, um, we commissioned our friend Eddie Jensen to do some art for us. Uh, and he ended up drawing Hank and Dongle. You can see that on our social media and in our Discord. Um, if you're an artist, uh, I would love to see your work. We'd love to do that again. We'd love to commission someone to do a little art for the show. Just a, it's just a mutually beneficial thing that our patrons on our Patreon uh, make possible. Um, also, you should read Eddie Jensen's uh, webcomic Grapple Seed. Uh, G-R-A-P-P-L-E Seed. It's very good. Okay, well, Alex, Alex, our, our boy Alex. He, I'm Alex. He's got the next big series. He'll be the director of that. But I'm not That's out right. of the GM throne quite yet. Um, I'll be running our next thing, our next episode, which is sort of a palate cleanser between our big series. Uh, it'll be a one-episode retcon of the Eddie Murphy movie Meet Dave, the one where a bunch of little aliens are piloting a robot that looks like Eddie Murphy, um, using Everyone as John, a game about lots of brains and one body. I love that game. It is so much fun. We had fun with it, I think. <laughs> we had we had a lot of fun with it. It was not nearly as stressful as Pixels. <laughs> if you want to see possibly the first world record attempt at a single character fluctuating through as many accents <laughs> as he can, that's me. Amazing. In this episode. Um, we will re- we will reveal Alex's 
long-form series in that episode. So it's still a secret. You don't get it yet. Yeah, That's right. It's still a secret? It's still a secret. I'm pretty sure almost everyone knows what it is. I gave a point, lot but... of hints on Twitter. So if you follow yeah. Twitter, you probably figured it out. But hmm. that, but this movie that we're doing is very important to us for reasons that we will explain then. Um, it's kind of the birth of our whole podcast. I would say you could track it to that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is perhaps one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Is it is it the Tom Hanks movie about D and D? Is it that? No, 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 no. no. You can't okay. fix that one. <laughs> you can't polish that turd. Um, we. I need to watch that sometime. Yeah, it's wild, man. Um, anyway, um, um, so that's all I got. Thank you for listening to this very long episode, but we like to take our time and chill out here. Um, or maybe you didn't, and that's okay too. Well, I guess if you're hearing this, you did hear it, but. <laughs> Uh, meet Dave will be on March second, um, so you better you better be there. Oh, I will be there in spirit. I'll be listening, but I won't be Yay. actually on the episode. Oh no, you'll because... you'll be there, Kyle. <laughs> oh, you'll be oh. there, and you will not leave until we're done. <laughs> we're gonna be there as a family. <clears throat> as if we're gonna be at the dinner table at six p.m. <laughs> So help me God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. I think it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Good night. Bye, kisses. My truck done left me just like my old lady. Are you in an OFT? That's what it did to me. My truck done left me just like my old lady. In the parking lot of a shuttered old Kmart.